0: Secret Weapon Productions is proud to present A Christmas Carol. In classic British literature, there are two types of wealthy people. Aristocratic, you've got your Lord Granthams, your Queen Elizabeths, your Elton Johns, and banker-industrialist tycoons, your Rupert Murdochs, Mr. Banks, Scrooge McDucks. This is a story... Concerning the latter,
1: money, money, money.
0: This is Ebenezer Scrooge. Money. His concerns and pursuits are centered around one thing. It's a marca franca, Bacurian. Money. It's money. Money's the whole thing. You get it. Stackin' money, money everywhere it goes. Pesos out of Mexico. Scrooge is the wealthiest man in the village of Hampshire Turnburg Vilbury. But he had a miser's heart. Even those in his employ or with whom he did business would only see the smallest possible amount of money leave the man's hands, and only after dire negotiations. Mr Scrooge <sighs> What is a Cratchit? Bob Cratchit was Scrooge's accountant a faithful employee, and a family man. Bob lived in terror of Scrooge. It was like a Devil Wears protter situation, but poorly dressed and without Stanley Tucci to relieve the tension.
2: Mr. Scrooge, I was wondering if I could throw a little more coal on the fire. It's so very cold in my cubicle. Coal? Yes, sir, for the fire. Didn't you wear a fur today, Cratchit? I haven't a fur, Mr. Scrooge. Well, there's your problem. Right there.
1: You gotta get yourself a good fur, Cratchit. Wear a fur tomorrow, and we can avoid the loss of productivity that comes with these sorts of useless conversations.
2: Tomorrow? But sir, tomorrow is Christmas Day.
1: It's patience I lack, Cratchit, not a calendar.
2: But sir, traditionally most people don't do business on Christmas. They spend time with their family.
1: Family? (laughs) Sounds like a lot more work than accounting. I need you to come into work tomorrow, Cratchit.
0: Oh, and return this. Ebenezer Scrooge handed Cratchit a bag full of laundry. And by handed, I mean through at his general vicinity. And by laundry, I mean lady stockings that Scrooge insisted were unisex.
1: But, but sir, I... Do you really mean to tell me that you're not going to come into work tomorrow?
0: It's casual
1: Friday. I'm going to wear a Hawaiian shirt and coin the phrase TGIF.
0: What's a Hawaiian? At that moment, there was a rap at the door. Go see to that, Cratchit. The walk will
1: warm you up. Honestly, no fur.
2: Well, Mr. Scrooge, if you paid me more,
1: I could- I'm not getting into this living wage bollocks with you again, Cratchit. If your skills as an accountant, washer, masseur, and emotional punching bag were in such high demand, the market would allow for upward mobility.
2: Do you want me to explain the invisible hand again? See who's laughing after Burney 1860.
0: Cratchit, the door. Yes, sir. When Bob Cratchit returned, he was accompanied by two gentlemen whom the Victorians would have called portly. Today we would describe them as morbidly obese.
3: Good evening, Ebenezer, and a happy Christmas to you. We are local businessmen,
4: much like yourself, and we are collecting money for the poor. Miserable, downtrodden, and less fortunate huddled masses of the village of Hampshire Tun Bergville.
3: We hoped we could count on you to help us spread some Christmas cheer to those who have less than you.
1: All right. A couple of things. One, you may consider yourselves businessmen, but you are not like me. Two By what means are you determining who receives these contributions? Are you drug testing the recipients? What guarantees are there that there won't be fraudulent claims of poverty? If there is one social issue that defines 1800s Britain, it's welfare abuse. And three, I don't think I have ever seen your portly selves before this very moment. So I wouldn't start in on the Ebenezer. My friends get to call me Ebenezer,
4: okay? Sir, we are only trying to help the less fortunate. We mean no harm or disrespect.
3: Other members of the community have gladly given to help those in need this year, and considering all you have, we thought you might embrace joining in on the fun and helping us to- Who told you how much I have? Cratchit,
1: did you tell them about the vault? I swear to god, if you've been telling tales at the pub-
2: I wouldn't say anything. Not after you catty baited on my kneecaps last time.
4: It is well known how rich you are, but, Mr. Scrooge, we simply thought you would want to help the poor. And who helped me
1: when I was poor? Hm? Did some mysterious man show up after my mother died and I'd been sweeping the floors at the Thenardiers for years to whisk me off to a glamorous life in Paris?
2: A sick lame is ref, sir. Don't
1: interrupt, Cratchit. These snowflakes think they can shake down Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, I didn't go begging door to door when my mother married Edward Murdstone and sent me to live in a house made from an overturned boat. Sir, that was David Copperfield. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times.
3: Is he having a stroke? Sir, we are not
1: bandits. We are community organizers. More like community agitators. Is communism a thing yet? Was that a big deal by now? No? Well, I won't be bothered like this. Out! Brexit! Both of you! Brexit stage left! But
2: sir, they were...
1: You too, Cratchit! I won't stand to be assaulted in my own place of business!
2: But sir, Christmas...
1: Christmas? Christmas? The hijacked pagan holiday you think justifies sloth? Bah! Humbug! (gasps) Sir! Humbug you, humbug you, humbug you too, Cratchit, and humbug Christmas! I didn't even do anything!
0: Ebenezer Scrooge finished his work for the day, counting the money he had made in whatever business it is he practiced. I want to say... banking? Some old rich guy thing, it doesn't matter. The cheap old bastard locked up and headed home to his mansion. As he walked, he mumbled and humbugged his way through town, passing carolers and happy shoppers rushing home to be with their families.
1: Give us some money, guy we don't know at all because it's December 24th, of all the ridiculous...
4: Uncle Scrooge! Dearest Uncle Scrooge!
0: Oh, Lord. Hello, Fred. Fred, cheerful and unapologetic in his kindness, was somehow Scrooge's nephew.
4: A merriest of Christmas Eve to you, Uncle. I'm delivering this turkey to mothers for supper. We never heard if you received our invitation for Christmas Day.
5: Yeah,
1: I got it.
4: Well, if you haven't already made plans, there should be an abundance of feasting
1: foods. Fortunately, yours was the only invitation I had to ignore this year.
4: But you can't be alone on Christmas. Mumsy would be ever so sad.
1: It's just a Friday, Fred. Let's calm it down.
4: Uncle Scrooge, Christmas is about so much... It's about family and friends coming together to celebrate the birth of Christ. Remember? The world remained in love and to be glad in our
1: company. Love? Fred, only capital can remake the world. And frankly, your mother is a terrible cook. I'd rather go hungry than cement my bowels with one of her puddings. You could use it as mortar. I hate you and your entire misbegotten lineage and you're not listening, are you?
4: Oh, Uncle Scrooge, but she practically raised you. And she's the only family you have left.
1: I know that. And so do you, Fred. It's weird that you would say it out loud when we both already know it. It was rather weird. Uncle Scrooge, please. Humbug. Humbug this whole conversation. But, Uncle... I think Mr. Scrooge is a little more appropriate given I don't really like you, Fred. I never see you, your mother and I haven't talked in years, and now I'm saying things out loud that we are both well aware of. You have me doing exposition, Fred.
4: But Uncle!
1: Whatever this verbal infection you have is, you know, this thing where you say things everyone already knows for some reason, I'll consider that my Christmas present from you, Fred. Now get out of that echoey marble hallway you've been standing in for the entirety of this conversation.
0: Scrooge left Fred and hurried on to his home. The sounds of caroling and children laughing polluted his ears and made him powerfully tired. And so Ebenezer arrived home got immediately into his sleeping cap and gown, settled down with a glass of brandy to count his money in his study and to move this story along already.
1: One, two, three, four, tell me that you love me more. Ha, 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 Money, 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 money.
0: After a few brandies and counting a king's ransom in bullion, Scrooge began to drift off in his chair. Not quite asleep, "'But you know how sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night "'and you're not drunk anymore, and you're like, "'Am I going to throw up?' "'So you sit there, not quite drunk and not quite hungover, "'and you don't want to get out of bed, "'but you might throw up and you're honestly evaluating "'whether or not it's worth getting out of bed "'to just sort of hover over the toilet, "'or if just throwing up over the side and dealing with it tomorrow. "'This was right after that. "'And after jerking awake,' Scrooge could hear the sounds of coins clinking in a safe box. Huh? What's that? The sound grew louder and was accompanied by the clang of chains. Scrooge began to look around wildly, like Mel Brooks doing a double-take. Huh? What is that? Finally, the sound of a heavy trod, like a water buffalo with a bad limp, began to thump with the chains and coins.
6: That's hurtful. So you not want me to do the thing, or...?
0: Who's there? Who is that? Ebenezer Scrooge. As Scrooge looked around, he could see nothing. The light of his fireplace and the candle beside him only reflected off the cartoonishly large stacks of gold coins scattered about his study.
6: Scrooge!
1: Where
0: are you? Show yourself! Ebenezer Scrooge! The windows burst open, and the fire went out. Suddenly, Scrooge could see his own frosted breath, and as he looked to the open window, he saw a gruesome figure. There, bathed in moonlight that somehow shone through him, was Jacob Marley. He was covered in clanking, rusted chains. His clothes were fine garments from twenty years ago, tattered to near rags. And he dragged behind him a lockbox that rattled with the unmistakable sound of coins.
1: Scrooge! What? Everybody. Jacob Marley, my old business partner for my formative years where I learned to be so selfish. But you're dead. How do you stand before me like a
6: specter? Why are you talking like that? We both know I'm dead. I'm clearly a ghost.
1: Did you have a stroke? Sorry, it's something my nephew does, and I think he's got me doing it.
6: Stop it. It's annoying. I don't have much time. I've come to warn you.
1: About what? Something going to happen to the bond market? Are my overseas tax dodges in jeopardy? Those bad checks I wrote as Bob Cratchit been compared to my handwriting? No. Okay, what is it?
6: I've come to warn you about your soul. What? Why? Because if you do not let love into your heart, you will die alone and miserable. You will be doomed for all eternity for your greed and miserdom. If you don't change your ways, you will be doomed to carry your own
1: chains, larger still than mine. You do look like you work at Hot Topic, but no, I mean, why are you warning me? What? Like, you in particular. I mean, we worked together for years, and that was great, made a lot of money. I just didn't really think we were outside-of-work friends, let alone visit-from-beyond-the-grave type of friends. Dude, ouch.
6: I I always consider us, I mean, our our trip to London was, uh, I I always looked back on it. What
1: happens in old-timey London stays in old-timey London. Don't read into it. It was a one-time deal.
6: I left you my half of the business. That was clearly a gesture. You want me to thank you? No, I just, I just thought, you know what? Fine. I don't care. I'm doing great now, thank you for asking. I have some awesome friends in purgatory, and I was just coming here as a courtesy. Oh,
1: don't be such a- It's
6: fine. It's fine. I don't care. I just thought that since you're going to have a weird night, you'd want to hear it from a friend. I mean, uh, I don't know what we are to each other, uh, but I just thought it would be
1: nice to see you and tell you I'm doing great. Oh, Lord, I told you that was one moment of weakness. And what do you mean, weird night? Before the clock strikes three,
6: you will be visited by three spirits, each with their own unique spin on the premise They will show you the consequences of your actions and teach you a lesson if you will only open... Were you always
1: this fat? Did you put on weight after you died? Like, is this how you look in your casket, or is this just how I remember you, or...
6: Oh, humbug off, Scrooge. I I hope you weren't counting on getting much sleep, because you're about to have a real wild night. Bye, Felicia. Enjoy being
0: caddy. At that moment, Marley swung his lockbox over his shoulder and faded away but not before a single tear slid down his ghostly face. The window slammed shut, and the fire roared back to life. Well, I'm drunk. Scrooge marched off to his bed, all snug in his cap, and set himself down for a long winter's nap. After some time, the clock chimed, louder than usual, almost as if for dramatic effect. The chime crashed so loudly that Scrooge was awakened in an instant, like when you remember you have forgotten to return a library book that one time. Well, that clock's awfully loud. What's that about? Scrooge looked about his surroundings, seeing that the fire had almost extinguished. He rose to put more wood in the fireplace. But when he tossed a log on the fire, a small voice cried out.
3: What the hell? Scrooge he watched me? In
0: terror as the dull flame in the fire began to move. From behind the log he had just tossed in, a small living flame emerged. It had a face and flaming limbs and was rubbing its head.
3: You just chuck wood at people? Is that your thing?
0: What?
1: Are you?
3: Well, maybe, who are you?
1: All right, who are you?
3: I'm the tinkling fire spirit who is about to blow your mind. And while my name is impossible for a white colonialist like you to pronounce, I guess you can refer to me by the destination of our journey together tonight. The spirit gave Scrooge a look
0: that, while shrouded in flame, was nothing but shade.
3: Ebenezer Scrooge, we are about to take a journey into your past to discover the moments that lead you to have a hard heart and a tight fist.
1: I'd rather not.
3: Excuse me?
1: I'd rather not. I want to opt out, and frankly, it sounds like a pain to write and edit.
3: What's that? Repressed memories, you say? Don't want to deal with the source of your dysfunction? Oh, well, in that case, I'll be on my way. Can't force someone to get help if they're not ready.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate you respecting my autonomy.
3: Just kidding. I'm not your therapist. This is the 1840s. We force people into sanatoriums if they're a little annoying at a picnic. You ever try opium, Scrooge?
1: I'm in business, madam.
3: Don't gender strangers, sis scum. And hold on to your cravat. It's about to get weird. Just then, the
0: flame spirit of the past leapt onto Scrooge's face. Scrooge screamed, like one does when a fire is about to engulf them. But when he felt no burn, he opened his eyes and looked upon a scene Scrooge hadn't thought about in years.
1: Why, that's Sir Poshington's, the grammar school I went to.
3: Yeah, I brought you here. You think I don't know what I'm doing? You want to mansplain my job to me, you cishet monster?
1: What's
0: cishet?
3: Never mind. Just leer at the children from your past.
0: As the school bell rang, scads of unwashed children poured out of the doors. All their uniforms were slightly soiled, as children tend to make everything they touch sticky in a way chemistry can't quite duplicate. But one child was far shabbier than all the others. Dirt on his face and holes in his shoes, little Ebenezer Scrooge tried to push his way through the throng of children, but was stopped by a few older boys.
7: Oh Ebenezer, where do you think you're going? Yeah, where do you think yours is going?
1: Oh, leave me alone. I don't bother you. I just want to go home. Wait, why do I sound the same?
3: Well, this is a memory. You remember this in your current voice. You didn't think we were actually time-traveling, did you?
1: You said the past!
3: Can you even begin to think of the logistics involved with transporting you to the past in earnest? We don't have a factory full of orphans and debtors for you to explode for the purpose of generating enough power to get you back here. Tesla hasn't even been born yet. The sheer amount of energy alone, not to mention the danger of tampering with the timeline.
1: All right, humble.
3: Now just watch the bullying, please. You gender binary disease beast.
7: Uh, you can't be at at home. You have to have parents to have a home.
1: Yeah. Why do you hate me? Because
7: we're both poor and dirty and beating you up is easier than confronting the societal problems that created our circumstances to begin with.
6: Yeah, we ain't no times for no Adam Smith's lectures.
1: You see, the invisible hand...
6: Invisibility impossible!
7: If it was, I'd be able to hide from me own abusive father and I wouldn't have to take my aggression out on you, puppet. Violence is cyclical, see?
1: Why are you
7: telling me this? I just want you to know why I'm going to box your ear, you big dummy.
0: The boys descended on Ebenezer Scrooge, boxing his ears, busting his jib, and other old-timey shows of force. Right before Fisties were about to be cuffed, Fan entered in and pushed the boys off her dear brother.
8: Way off, you hoodwums!
0: Oh, little Ebe
7: needs his sister to save him from the recreational torment at the hands of his classmates, does he?
6: What's the matters? You can't stake songs twos at once, Scrooges?
8: Why do you talk like that?
6: Ice sits in the head by a horse.
8: Oh, I'm sorry.
6: You
7: don't need any pity from the likes of anyone with a silly name like Fan.
6: Is anyone here that's buzzings? Boss?
7: Quite. Well, we'll see you tomorrow, Scrooge. And next time you won't have a fanny to hide behind.
0: Fan slapped the cockney bully, sending him running. That boy would not return to school to bother Ebenezer. Instead, he left his abusive house and went into London, where he became a successful pickpocket. And that boy would come to be known as the Artful Dodger. As the other bully chased after him, Fan helped young Ebenezer Scrooge to his feet, and the two began to walk.
8: I wish those boys would want to be nice to you. You're such a sweet boy and a good brother.
1: Kids are mean to me because we're so poor. I feel so desperately alone.
8: You'll never be alone because you always have me. Now, promise me we'll always support each other and spend holidays together, and so that I have any children, you will love them, even if they are annoying.
1: Of course, sister dear. I love you, and I'll always
0: love you. The children hugged.
8: You see?
3: Look at the love in your eyes. I would describe it in detail, but you can see it so clearly. What happened to that boy? When did he lose the love in his heart?
1: I cannot believe what a puny child I was. My God, I'm magnificent to have overcome such a measly frame.
3: That's the lesson you're taking from this?
1: It is rather impressive how far
0: I've come.
3: I... you know what? We're leaving.
0: The images of Scrooge's younger self and his sister... Faded into blobs of color. Everything around him melted into a soup of primordial ooze. Suddenly, laughter, a tremendous hall, decorated in festive holiday regalia, appeared before
3: them. Now look, Scrooge. This is what we call a core wound, you overprivileged human stain. This is one of the inciting incidents in your past that has led you to be the crotchety old bastard you are. It's important for you to pay attention so that you have the context for your problems as we drag you into some sort of emotional growth and change by the third act. Why? People have expectations for these things. Life doesn't make sense, so we need our stories too. Can you imagine if Ross and Rachel hadn't ended up together? People would have set themselves up. On fire. Who? Just watch.
0: In front of them, people were dancing and laughing. A string quartet played, and Scrooge's younger self, now looking to be about twenty, was approaching a beautiful woman who, by all accounts, was way out of his league. Oh my god.
3: Right? I can't believe the whole patriarchal gown and corset situation.
1: Belle. I haven't thought about her in,
0: I don't know how long. The younger Scrooge led Belle away from the frivolity to a quiet area outside. The snow was gently falling, like the ending of a Hallmark movie. And while Scrooge's memories were as unreliable as congressional testimony, his recollection of her beauty was exact.
8: What is it, Ebenezer? Don't you want to dance?
1: Yes, of course. I I just wanted to... It's so hard for me to... Belle, when I look at you, I see so much more than beauty or charm. It's as if I'm... Well, there's a place called home. You know,
3: we don't have the rights to the Alan Menken version of this story, so let's skip to the end of the ballad.
1: Belle, would you make me the happiest man alive and marry me?
8: Oh, Ebeneez! can't imagine anything better in my life. I often feel like so many things will end in heartache, but not this. <laughs> I'm so happy!
0: They kissed for an inappropriately long time, until Scrooge's hands began to wander. When a wigged, boisterous, and bejeweled man busted into the garden from inside the party. There you are, my boy. I'm about to toast to you and Molly. Oh, "'I see, I've interrupted.
9: Well, come inside for a dance, and then you can return to your canoodling.'
0: Scrooge and the spirit followed the younger man and his bride-to-be. They both looked impossibly happy. Almost annoyingly so. Like those couples whose engagement photos actually turn out well, and you can't even make fun of them because they look so in love. So you wonder if you're ever going to find happiness— or if you're just going to keep reading narration for poorly written send-ups of public domain works. Because if your mother asks one more time about if you're seeing anyone, you'll tell her to worry about yourself, Karen, and you're starting to think that a talentless hack like you will be found dead by 40 if you don't get a male a bride or... They looked happy enough to just rub it in your face.
9: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so pleased you could join me. Mr. Fezziwig, the employer of so many of you at this totally not-mandatory company party. (laughs) The crowd cheered. As you know, I like to point out those of you who have pleased me the most while the rest of you get drunk. These acknowledgments of excellence, the Fezzies as I call them, always give me a great joy to bestow. But this year, it's with a touch of sadness that I must announce the winners will be leaving the company to strike out on their own. But don't feel too bad as one of them has just gotten engaged.
0: But without further ado, I give you Jacob Marley and Ebenezer Scrooge. The crowd cheered again. Scrooge smiled, looking at his happy younger self. The younger Scrooge stared lovingly at Belle. Belle stared at him. Marley stared at Scrooge. The spirit yawned, and the narrator reactivated his Tinder account. Now!
9: Let's have some dancing to celebrate Christmas, business, and love.
3: Seems like it was a pretty good night.
1: The best of my life.
3: I can see why.
1: Wait, you said this was a core wound. I'm thrilled in this moment.
3: Sit up, my dear Sisopresso. Storytelling 101. On to the pain.
0: The world washed away around them and reformed to show Scrooge working away at his desk. Marley working next to him. Scrooge hunched as he filled in ledger lines. Marley sketched Scrooge in the margins of his own work. Two years in business, and we're already making a higher
1: margin than Fezziwig ever did. Marley, we make an excellent team.
0: I'll say. As the men worked, Bell entered, looking distraught.
8: Hello, Jacob, Ebenezer. I need to speak with you.
0: Bell, can't it
1: wait until after business hours?
8: I only care about one thing now. So here. If this yes, is all you I love, do.
1: weddings are expensive. I keep telling you.
8: And how would you know? You refuse to plan anything or even look at my Pinterest board.
1: Do you have any idea how much time and effort it is to start a business? We need money if we are. I
8: loved you when you were poor.
1: How dare you? I haven't been poor in years.
8: You don't even see Fan anymore. She just had an annoying child, your nephew, and still you don't go to see her. You only care about one thing now, so here, if this is all you love...
0: Belle threw a gold ring at the younger Scrooge and ran away in tears. Scrooge looked at his younger self, picking up the ring, and he frowned. Good riddance.
1: I would have made a terrible husband. Our child would have been twice as annoying.
3: Marriage is a form of slavery, yes, but you seem pretty upset about it. The younger
0: Scrooge cried, and Jacob Marley slowly tried to put his arm around him. Scrooge batted his hand away, wiped the tears from his face, and returned to his desk. I've seen enough. Take me home, Spirit.
3: I don't know. This is a pretty big moment. You didn't go after her. You doubled down on money. I
1: know what I did. Now take me home.
0: In a flash, Scrooge was back in his study. The fire roared behind him and he fell to all fours and dry heaved. It had been a bad trip. Oh. As he wiped the bile from his mouth, Scrooge heard the clock strike two. The chimes were as old-timey and irritating as you imagine, but the noise after was more irritating to Scrooge. Laughter. Great and billowing laughter came echoing down the hall. Scrooge followed the sound until he was behind the door to his kitchen. He assumed it was the kitchen, but he honestly had never set foot in there. (laughs) Scrooge pushed the door open and leered inside, since that seemed to be the only way he could look at anything or anyone. What he saw was a giant, a jolly twenty-foot-tall giant rummaging through the cupboards of his kitchen.
1: What in blazes are you doing, you thief? You
0: dare try to burgle Ebenezer Scrooge? The giant pulled her head out of the cupboard and smiled at Scrooge.
10: Oh, I dare. And aren't you the cutest thing? Coming in here screaming about being burgled. when well, I could just eat you up. I want to
0: literally cannibalize you. The giant reached out and grabbed Scrooge in one hand, lifting him up like she was pulling a weed. Ah!
1: Put me down this instant! I shan't be manhandled like this! The giant
0: laughed and laughed. I shan't! I shan't! (laughs) You are too cute! The giant raised Scrooge to her mouth, and as Scrooge screamed, his cry was muffled by a gigantic kiss. Then the giant laughed uproariously and set the terrified man down. That was... Do you think that's funny? Did you
10: think I was going to eat you?
0: Yes!
10: (laughs) That's hilarious!
0: What are you
1: doing eating my food?
10: I wasn't going to eat anything yet. You really need to up your intake of fruits and vegetables. You're going to get scurvy.
1: I happen to buy the finest meats the butcher can offer.
10: Yeah, well, I'm vegan, so you got crackers or something?
1: What in heavens is a vegan?
10: (sighs) Don't worry about it, Ebby. We have more important things to teach you.
1: Where do you get off using the royal we? And I'll thank you not to try and teach me anything. The last one of you made me sick, and I'd like to get some sleep now.
10: Well, I'd like dental in the next union negotiation, but I don't want the mafia to break my kneecaps. Now touch my cloak and we'll be off.
1: Absolutely not. I don't know what kind of stains or crumbs from your previous victims could be on there. I'm not going to eat you. Now touch my robes. No! Touch them! I'm not touching your filthy robes.
0: The giant picked Scrooge up from the back of his sleeping shirt and dangled him like a tea bag until his toes touched the robe. In a flash of light, they were pulled forward at near light speed until they stopped sharply in front of a modest home. Though Scrooge was in the cold, he clung to the giant's robes and found he was instantly warmed. That weird kind of warm, like a toilet seat that's warm right when you sit on it. Ah, here we are. Where?
1: This looks like a slum of some sort. Don't remember owning a house this poor?
10: You don't own this home, Scrooge. But it pertains to you nonetheless.
1: If I don't own it, I hardly think it will have any meaning to me. Why don't you just peer inside? What is this, a sting? You're trying to set
0: me up? as Some sort of voyeur?
10: Just look!
1: I don't feel like spying.
10: Look in the humbuggy window!
0: Scrooge looked into the window where he saw the Cratchit family, busy fixing a modest dinner. Cratchit?
1: He would live in a dump like this. The man has awful taste.
10: He lives here because it's all he can afford, you miserable miser. Now watch.
0: The Cratchit family smiled through tired faces. Mrs. Cratchit stirring a pot, two children setting the table, and Bob Cratchit walking around with the smallest, youngest, and weakest child on his shoulders.
11: All right, Peter, Martha, supper's almost ready. Robert, would you kindly take your son off your shoulders?
0: But mother,
1: we aren't done playing yet. Cratchit has children? Can't recall him ever mentioning children.
10: Ebenezer Scrooge, you have tuned out every word this man has said that hasn't had to do with your bottom line. Do you really know him at all? Look at his joyous family. Boys, I'm about
11: to
2: serve dinner. But mother, we're a giant. Fee-fi-fo-fum,
0: I smell the blood of an Englishman.
2: That's a bit on the nose. I mean it, boys.
11: Supper now.
0: Bob Cratchit took his tiny son off his shoulders and handed him the crutch he used to tragically scuttle about. Not unlike a three-legged dog, or that one story about a dog in a graveyard from World War One, or the one episode of Futurama about the dog, Tim Cratchit was cute and sad in equal measure.
5: Don't wait for me. I'll hobble over as
0: soon as I can. The other children and their parents assembled around the table, Tim limped along slowly, very slowly. The soup was going to be cold before he hopped his way over to the table.
5: Really, I'm fine. Go on and eat. I'll be there in time for breakfast.
0: The family laughed uncomfortably, the way one does when handicapped people make jokes about their condition. Up you go! Bob lifted his son up into the air again and set him on a stool around their crooked table.
11: Now, I'll ladle out your soup, and you will all say a prayer for someone as I give you your gruel. Here you are, Robert.
2: Thank you, love. God bless you, my wife, and all you do for this family.
11: Thank you, dear. Now, Martha...
1: That soup looks like it's made of scabs, laundry water, and cabbages that have given up on the world.
10: Well, without so much as a cost of living adjustment, the Cratchits don't have big chowder money. This is hot ham water of the common people.
1: But that barely looks like food. Kind of looks like grey water.
10: Again, you don't pay him very much. It's the best he can do.
1: But why not get a different job? I can't be the only employer in town.
10: This isn't about Cratchit. This is about you.
11: Just watch. Thank you, Martha, for those kind words about the Queen. And Philip, those words about the French, while mostly accurate, weren't really prayer material. God still loves the French, and so should we. Now, here is your supper, Tim. What is your prayer to God?
5: Please heal my crippled body. Actually, I always ask for that. Since it's Christmas, and Christmas is about love for your fellow man, God bless Mr. Scrooge.
0: The Cratchit family gasped, as did Scrooge. And Mrs. Cratchit took back Tim's bowl.
11: You can make jokes about your life-threatening ailments all you want. You can even make fun of your father's weird mole. What mole? But I will not have you make a mockery of our God with phony prayers. You will incite God's wrath.
5: But Mother, I'm serious. God bless Ebenezer Scrooge. Without him, we wouldn't have the laundry water to make the soup. Father would be around the house all day driving you mad if he didn't work for Mr. Scrooge. And if Mr. Scrooge hadn't let father keep the cane he broke over his head, I wouldn't have my mahogany crutch.
11: I'm going to give you back your dinner on account of how sickly you are, but I will not have anyone ask for blessings or favors for Ebenezer Scrooge in this house.
2: Now, dear... Don't
11: you now dear me. That man is the reason we live in such conditions. He is greedy and miserable and, frankly, a selfish lover. What's, dear? A bad person. Scrooge is the worst man I've ever met, and I knew Napoleon
5: at school. Mother, please don't talk about the Emperor of France. I think we owe so very much to Mr. Scrooge.
2: You're certainly being the moral center to the story this Christmas. You two kids should learn a lot from your little brother here about love and kindness. Here, Tim,
0: I want you to have my dinner. Bob awkwardly sloshed his own soup into Tim's bowl. He really kind of made a mess of the whole thing, resulting in a net loss of overall soup for Tim.
5: Father, you won't have anything to
2: eat. Now, Tim, the story of Christmas is that of plenty. When Mary only had enough
5: oil to burn the lamp for one night, it somehow lasted for eight. Wrong holiday, Robert. But I can't take your Christmas Eve slop from you, Father. You won't be able to wretch with the rest of us while we get sick from the contaminated water. I'm still full from the moldy bread your
2: mother stole from that possum last week.
0: There are no possums in England, for the record. And you could certainly never take food from one. Oh, Father, you are
2: the kindest among us. You, Tim... You inspire me to be better.
1: Is it normal for a family to be this self-congratulatory over not eating soup? This is a weird thing, right? We can all agree this is weird. When you have nothing
10: to give, and you give anyway, it is an act of charity that can't be easily forgotten or overstated. Don't you think it's nice, kind, and good of them to share with each other?
1: I don't see what difference it makes. This clearly isn't enough for them. I didn't realize just how poor Cratchit was.
10: Sort of makes you think, right? About how much you pay your most faithful employee?
1: I get what you're hoping I'll learn. You're very
0: subtle. The whole thing has been subtle, if nothing else. Scrooge glanced back through the window at the family, now finished with their gruel, sending the children off to
5: bed. Father, do you really have to work tomorrow? Yes, Tim. I'm afraid I do. Well... I guess that's good. That way Mr. Scrooge won't be alone.
11: Well, catering to reclusive industrialists is the reason for the season. Off to bed, Tim. You need your rest.
0: All right, Mother. Happy Christmas, Father. I'll see you in the morning. Scrooge and the giant watched as the boy ascended the stairs. It took a rather long time.
2: What a good and decent boy we have. The other two I worry about, they say the oddest things.
11: He certainly is a sweet child. Lord knows why.
0: Come now, love. It's Christmas. Let's be glad. Bob Cratchit leaned in to kiss his wife, who recoiled like a fifty-caliber rifle.
11: Don't give that. It's Christmas humbug. I know what that means, and there is not enough sherry on this block, Robert.
2: I only mean to say we should be thankful for
11: what exactly? This place we live in. Now, dear. Our children? Which kid, I Robert? Would you deal. say you're most thankful for?
0: The xenophobic one, Honey bun? the crippled one, or the girl? Janet! Scrooge and the giant exchanged an uncomfortable look.
1: I, I don't feel like we should be watching this.
10: Yeah, this is getting a little heavy. I don't usually feel this creepy. Maybe we should bounce. You
11: talked and talked about asking for a raise, and what do you come home with? Laundry. My mother was right. I should have married Fagin. At least he was an entrepreneur.
2: He's a criminal. And maybe we wouldn't need a raise if you quit drinking like it's the end of days.
0: Yeah, we're going. Touch my- Yep. Scrooge grabbed the cloak, and the pair were once again pulled to another house, where they would continue to do some serious
1: creeping. Well, this looks like a nicer place. Who lives-
0: As Scrooge leaned in, he saw his nephew, Fred- speaking to someone just out of sight, so as not to have to write lines for them.
4: Oh, mother, I did try to get Uncle Scrooge, your brother whom you still love dearly, to come to this, our Christmas Eve feast. But I'm afraid he was rather rude and utterly disinterested. It occurred to me that he doesn't understand the love we still have for him, And he has grown to be so lonely and isolated that he may very well be unable to recognize love. Even if he were to witness the love of others through some sort of pensive memory travel scene, or by staring through the windows of people who do love each other while being kept invisible by a giant for some reason, he would still have to let the love influence his heart. Or perhaps he could be faced with his own mortality at a later moment.
1: Okay, this isn't helping.
10: Yeah, I thought your sister would do more talking. This kid is not a real asset to the heart transformation.
1: I feel better about my choices, if anything.
10: Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you want to watch the Cratchits fight some more?
1: Hard pass. There's still one more of you, right? Is there a chance I can get some sleep before they- Not a chance.
10: But hey, I know this was a bit of a bust, but just try and think of the Cratchit kid. The little limpy guy, Tony? I think it was Tyka? Titus? Titus sounds right.
1: I want to say Teresa, like boys named Leslie. Well,
10: little Gimpy sure was a sweet kid, right? I mean, even you liked him, and I think you can agree that is rare. Almost as rare as the genetic
1: disorder that crippled him. He does seem to be a rather good lad. Better than my nephew, at least.
10: So anyway, the next encounter is not very fun. But just remember that we were trying to help you not be a miserable old bastard that everyone hates, okay? Thanks. You're welcome. And sorry this Peeping Tom stuff didn't work out. Usually if we see anything we shouldn't, it's kind of hot. Not incredibly uncomfortable.
1: Well, I don't really want to say thank you because I feel like what we did here was wrong.
10: Maybe. But as a giant, the laws
1: you live your life
10: by are meaningless to me. I am not a part of your society. You are like ants to me. Adorable, tasty ants who aren't very good about pulling the blinds shut.
1: Ah, Okay. Well, can you take me home?
10: Ask the ant to the boot. What? Nothing, nothing, you adorably
0: insignificant speck. Let's get your wrinkled butt home. The giant draped her robe around Scrooge, and he was instantly back in his kitchen, but standing in a bowl of pudding on the floor for some reason. Lovely. Scrooge marched his way back to his bedroom, making little squishy sounds with his feet as the bits of pudding between his toes were really stuck in there. He made his way back to his bedroom, but just as he put his hand on the doorknob... He felt a cold breeze cut through him. Scrooge looked back to the windows, which had previously illuminated Jacob Marley. But there was no old friend waiting for him. There stood instead a towering, hooded figure. Their face was not visible beneath the cloak. And they made no movement as the harsh December winds blew at their back from the open window. Scrooge had a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about this. The hooded figure raised one hand and made a come-hither motion with its shockingly bony finger. But Scrooge was glued to the floor, and not just because of the pudding.
1: Ah. I'm good right here, thanks.
0: The hooded figure motioned again, but this time it was as if there was a string connecting its finger to Scrooge's body as Ebenezer Scrooge was compelled forward by unseen forces.
1: Okay, then. What can I do for
0: you, mister? The figure said nothing, but as Scrooge came to rest next to him, he turned and looked out the window. Scrooge waited a moment, but still the figure said nothing. Is there something I can do for you? The figure pointed out the window through the fog and clouds. What? What are you pointing at? Scrooge stared out the window. You want to go over there?
1: To the pub? Are you hungry? You want to go to old-timey Denny's
0: or something? Get a Grand Slam? The figure pointed again, more emphatically and scrooge lowered his sight to the hill of a graveyard adjacent to his property wait has that always been there the figure sighed and snapped his bony fingers together
1: okay floating now ah ha ha, ha this is not terrifying
0: they rose hovering out the window and towards the waiting graveyard the pair landed on a hill where some people were gathered around a grave The two portly gentlemen that Scrooge had turned away were walking away from the group by the grave.
8: I can't say I'm surprised. Ain't like a humbugging royal. Nothing but meats and fats. I hear
4: he was found at his desk. He sat there the entire weekend and no one missed him.
11: I still don't think anyone does.
0: The two men laughed uproariously as they walked off hand in hand for some reason. Rather rude to talk about dead people that way. The crowd round the grave was murmuring. One man raised his fist in the air as he yelled,
7: I just wish I could have been the one to clean his clock for the last time. Metaphorically and literally, as he had a very nice clock and also I want to punch him.
6: Yeah, let's dig him up just to kill him agains. This time it won't be no heart attack.
7: What did I tell you about defiling corpses?
0: on the Sabbath! Sorry, boss! Scrooge looked puzzled, just as two people pushed their way out of the crowd.
11: I cannot believe you dragged me into this. You should at least let me spit on his
2: grave. Now dear, you know we'd be up here today regardless. It seemed like stopping by was the right thing to do.
0: It's what he would do, that's for certain. Scrooge followed the Cratchits, comfortable in the fact that he was invisible to them, even though it hadn't really been explicitly said almost as if the author was phoning it in and writing from vague memories of A Muppet's Christmas Carol or the Disney animated version with Scrooge McDuck. Was that Scrooge McDuck's first appearance? Oh, I just got it. He's named Scrooge after this Scrooge. Have you watched the new Duck Tales? It's very good. And if Cratchit could see or hear Scrooge, I'm sure he would tell him to watch it.
2: I'm just glad you met me here, Janet. I do know it's what he would have
0: wanted.
11: Well, Fagin is at a business conference, and Dodger agreed to spit on his grave with me, so
0: here I am. Bob produced a sad bunch of flowers. They looked like they could be an ingredient in the soup they ate earlier. I'm pretty sure one of them was just a coat hanger.
11: They're? Wow. He would have loved them.
0: The Cratchit stopped in front of the headstone and stared. Bob tried to put his arm around Mrs. Cratchit, and she didn't immediately swatted away. Bob placed the flowers gingerly on the pile of soil, and they stared for a moment, saying nothing. And then Bob began to weep. Scrooge, having learned this night that spying on people in their vulnerable moments is totally fine, crept up to look at the gravestone.
2: I sure miss you, son.
0: Oh, not Tommy! He was so young! The hooded figure placed a bony hand on Scrooge's shoulder. Scrooge felt his veins turn to ice. The figure led him away, back to the crowd that was disappearing around the fresh grave. Couldn't the boy be saved? Did he go in the night? The figure simply pointed at the last people walking from the fresh grave. So it was his fault! The hooded figure nodded. Who was this old bastard who everyone are, humbug? Scrooge could finally see the headstone, which read, Here lies Ebenezer Scrooge. He was rich, and nobody misses him. Sad. No, no, no! I'm supposed to live forever! The figure put his bony palm to what one can only presume was the face hiding behind the hood. The figure pointed at the date. Why, that's next year. Half my bonds won't have even matured by then. The figure shrugged and turned, walking away.
1: Tell me what to do. How can I prevent this terrible future? Do I need to make out with my mom in the past? Do I have to find a blue police box? Tell me, spirit.
0: Tell me what to do. Like the very wind of death itself, the figure turned and floated to meet Scrooge. It placed one bony hand on Scrooge's chest and leaned in closely to whisper, we being a dick, dude. The hand pushed Scrooge, who toppled backwards into the dirt. The fresh earth of the grave began to shift and move beneath him. It became like sand, and Scrooge was pulled down, the soil sucking him into his own grave.
1: No, I can change. I can be better. I'll learn to love if it saves me from this.
0: Spirit, please. 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 The hooded figure just waved as Scrooge was slowly consumed. The dirt filled his mouth and lungs, and all Scrooge could see was darkness as he sank further and further down. Scrooge screamed, clawing at the earth entombing him. He thrashed about wildly until he felt something solid beneath him. Ebenezer turned and realized he wasn't shrouded in earth, but sheets. He yanked them off to find he was on the floor of his bedroom. I'm alive! I'm alive! Ha ha! Scrooge cast his eyes to the ceiling and shook his fist. Not today, God! Scrooge leapt to his feet.
1: Oh, thank you, spirits. One of you was even helpful. I see now. There's no point in being rich unless you have a humbugging awesome funeral and mausoleum when you die. Dude,
9: I will are you grind serious your bones for Let my fresh
1: and the only way that happens is if you leave behind people who care about you, and some such nonsense about friendship and kindness or whatever. There are you happy? Close enough, I guess.
0: The clock chimed. It was eight in the morning. Scrooge rushed to look out his window. "'Now to start making friends!' Scrooge opened his windows
1: and yelled off his balcony. "'Look out, England! I'm going to friend the humbug
0: out of you!' "'We're good, thanks!' "'Not yet, you're not. Here, have some money!' Scrooge tossed a handful of his bedside coins at the passerby.
6: "'Ow, what the humbug? Are these these
1: gold coins?
6: Where am I going to spend these?' These are useless to someone in my class. You're
1: welcome, citizen. Now off to
0: spread cheer, but first, pants because it's England in December. Scrooge dressed in a hurry and dashed out his door. As he ran through the streets, he tossed coins for children to fight over like candy at a parade. And he aggressively smiled at all he passed.
1: Merry Christmas, strangers! "'I hope you know that I, Ebenezer Scrooge, love you all for
0: the unbathed wonders you are. Ha 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 ha!' As Scrooge rounded a corner, he came face to face with the two gentlemen who had been collecting money the previous day.
3: "'Mr. Scrooge!' "'Please, Mr. Scrooge
1: is my father. Maybe. I'm not sure. I never knew him. Isn't that terrible?' Say, how much money did you pilfer from the business people of this grotesque little hamlet?
3: About sixty pounds!
1: Well, come with me to the office and I'll load you up with two hundred more! No joke, gentlemen. Just promise you'll say nice things about me when I die. The two gentlemen
0: exchanged a look. Sure! Hooray! I'm buying love! Scrooge led the men to his office and loaded them up with comically large sacks of gold with big dollar signs on them. He shook their hands and sent them out the door. Scrooge then grabbed an empty laundry bag and dashed to the nearest toy store, where he bought an absurd amount of toys and filled the bag. Upon exiting the store, he ran into Fred, his expositional nephew. Fred, my boy! Uncle!
4: Why are you not averting your gaze?
0: Because, you monologuing
1: misanthrope, I love you. What? And that sister of mine. Tell her I loove her too, and if your offer still stands, I would be honored to join you for supper this evening.
4: Oh, oh, um, Mumsey would be ever so pleased to have you. Why, it appears as though you have been through some sort of transformative experience. Like you're a different person or at the very least pursuing different goals through the learned means of manipulating
1: people's feelings? Your keen observations and inability to keep them to yourself are almost charming, you walking book report. Tell your mother I'll be over as soon as I crash some poor people's Christmas.
0: Fantastic. I know! Scrooge skipped his way to the Cratchit's house, throwing handfuls of coins behind him like glitter at a pride parade, until he came to the Cratchit's door. Scrooge collected himself and put on a fake scowl as he knocked at the door. Bob answered and turned white as he opened it.
2: Mr. Scrooge, what are you doing here? How do you know where I live? You made the mistake
1: of putting your real address on your personnel file. And I'm here because
0: if you won't come to work, I'll bring work to you. Scrooge pushed his way into the house and set the bag down by the door. I have a lot of laundry,
1: Cratchit. You missed this bag in your Christmas fever last night. You best not rush out like that again without checking with me first.
2: Sir, you kicked me out.
0: So this means you're just off the clock, does it? That means you can just... At that minute, Bob Cratchit put both hands around Scrooge's wrinkled old neck and tackled him to the table, choking him with ten years of repressed rage.
2: I'll kill you! Cratchit! No! No! I won't be your whipping boy for you to humbug all over, you cheap, miserable, cheap, fat, cheap,
0: stupid, cheap, beautiful, cheap, cheap, awful man. Father, no. Kill him, Robert. Kill him dead. (laughs) Open the bag. Tim hobbled over to the bag. Had he been any more crippled, he wouldn't have made it in time. Just as Scrooge was turning violet, Tim opened the bag and produced a wooden train engine. My heavens. He brought us presents. Bob and Mrs. Cratchit turned to look at their tiny child. Realizing what was happening, Bob released his grip.
11: No! Finish him!
2: He brought us presents?
0: uh,
11: But why? Who cares? Strike him down! Strike him down and fulfill your destiny! Do it!
2: Janet, enough. Let's hear what Scrooge has to say.
1: You see, Bob? You see, Bob, I was visited by three spirits last night, and they showed me my past... Your tragic present, and the terrible future awaiting me if I don't change my ways. All of what I'm saying is completely sane and normal. And so, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm a changed man, and I want to start by treating you better. I bought these toys for your children. I want to give you Christmas off. And if you still want to work for me, I'll double... ...triple your salary. Can I get health benefits? Of course. But I'm pretty sure little Thor over
0: there has a pre-existing condition, so good luck. Mr. Scrooge, you have a deal. The two men shook hands enthusiastically, seemingly forgetting the past ten years of mistreatment and violated labor laws.
5: Hooray! Perhaps I shall live to see my tenth birthday!
0: Perhaps you shall, little Theo. Perhaps you shall.
1: I mean, it's still the 1800s. It's not like money cures polio. But you shall die with all the laudanum your tiny mind can tolerate. And they
2: all laughed. And Scrooge looked very happy. Well, my boy, it
5: looks like this will be the best Christmas we've ever had. It's true. We're all going to be blessed this year. God bless you, Mother. And you, Father. And you, my siblings who have silently watched this scene unfold. And God bless you, Mr. Scrooge. Say it, you little bastard. God bless us. everyone.
1: Awfully religious, isn't he?
5: Why,
2: yes. It gives him comfort. He is definitely going to die. They all laughed.
0: The end.
2: Thanks for listening to the 2017 Secret Weapon Holiday Production. This year's special was written by Daniel Crary and co-written by Austin Logan. Edited by Courtney Crary and Adair Rice. Audio editing by Daniel Crary, Austin Logan, and Clark Hodges. Audio engineering by Clark Hodges. Music, this beautiful music you're hearing right now, is by Cameron Faring. Produced by Daniel Crary. This production is dedicated, with love, to Floyd. Copyright 2017, all rights reserved. If you'd like to hear more of these voices and this awesome production, super fun group that we have, go to secretweaponproductions.com, or you can find us on Google Play, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, all the places, Apple Podcasts. Just search for Secret Weapon Productions, and you can see what we have to offer. Thank you so much for listening, and happy holidays. Oh, and a happy new year, too. Bye.